Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. It is good to have you back as we continue now in Genesis chapter 4 and just this last part of verse 5. And over the next couple of days, we are going to be talking about anger. That is because Cain, the focus of our series, is angry. And we will dive down into the text in due course, but by way of introduction, I want to speak with you about anger in our society and anger in the church or anger in Christian communities. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 5b The second part of verse 5 reads, So Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. There is that unyielding emotion of anger. In fact, the Bible says Cain became very angry. He is not just angry, he is very angry. And we will talk about why he is angry, but come along with me and let's consider anger more widely. My observation has been that we live in a society. We live at a time when the predominant culture is one of anger. Just beneath the surface, and often breaking through the surface, is fury. There are many reasons for this. Here are a couple of examples. One is the pandemic. The outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus, and the way in which the government has chosen to combat or to confront the pesky virus has really put people on edge. Would you agree? Many feel frustrated, cooped up at home, not permitted even to go back to work, which kind of gets us out of the house and away from often difficult family situations. We can feel the walls are closing in around us. We have a kind of claustrophobia. I can relate to this. Prior to the pandemic, I traveled regularly, but not anymore. And sometimes, on a day when I feel tired, discouraged, and I have the urge to get going, to visit somewhere else, and to be able to meet other Christians in other countries, to participate in teaching ministries elsewhere, I feel angry that I can no longer go there and do that. This dumb pandemic and all these restrictions, I mumble. If only this had not been unleashed on the world. When will this end? Will we ever return to normal? I am irritated. If you also used to travel and enjoyed it, then you know how I feel. And then, of course, mask wearing makes people angry. The fact the vaccines do not prevent contracting the coronavirus makes people angry. We thought they would. The ways in which the government, and not just the U.S. government, but governments everywhere, the ways in which they have cracked down on us makes people angry. We do not like being so limited. We have a sense of feeling trapped and detained a loss of freedom, which makes many people hot-tempered, and citizens are lashing out. Another example of what makes us an angry people is 
We have experienced in our family life many things that make us angry. Many of us come from families where we never learned how to deal with our emotions in a healthy manner. So when we felt something, we suppressed the feeling, and that led to a buildup of unresolved emotions, which eventually come bursting forth in anger. Rage is a good word to describe the manner in which many men and women act out what they feel on the inside. Inward emotion eventually expresses itself in outward action, and oftentimes this gets rather ugly. Maybe you grew up in a home where there was abuse. Did you have a parent or parents who were verbally, physically, sexually, emotionally abusive? As a child, you grew up watching, feeling that, and listening to all that vitriol being spewed around the apartment or house, and that made you angry. Did you swear that you would never be like your abusive parent, but now that is exactly whom you have become? And or do you harbor a burning resentment towards your family of origin, and that's made you very irritable? This is common. So that what is going on in family life behind closed doors and windows, where no one else can see, this generates a lot of anger. And of course, these are just two examples. We could talk all day about what is driving hostility in the culture as a result of whatever is the underlying cause. We have violence that's getting worse, not better. At this point, we hear about a shooting in a public place, say a supermarket, and it doesn't even phase us. We just read the headline and move on, perhaps thanking God we were not inside that store at that moment. There is a great deal of rage being unleashed in our cities. The statistics, which we must always remember, represent real, precious lives. The statistics tell us that more people are dying on our streets than in wars overseas, internationally, and from all other causes of death domestically. Unchecked anger leads to an outrage that ends in utter tragedy. Okay, you get my point, but let's talk about something a little closer to home for many of us. The world is out there, but what about what's happening in here, such as in our church or the Christian community to which we belong? This could be a Christian school, a seminary, or a not-for-profit, or mission organization. A lot of you who hear God is belong to such a community. Is there not anger also therein? In all of the Christian communities, I have had the honor and the privilege, and for the most part, the joy of being a part of, I have always had to face the fact that many Christians are angry. And that simmering anger has led to many conflicts within Christian community that have bad consequences. Anger is the emotion that has driven a deep divide between Christians, say in a church where the congregation is split. Many leave and go to another church, leaving the others behind. Sometimes we even have to deal with angry Christians that move from one community to another, leaving a trail of wrecked relationships in their wake. Since anger is unresolved, since it is never really properly addressed, changing churches or schools or ministries does not help. It only inflicts further hurt and pain. 
And yes, sometimes it is the pastor or the headmaster or the senior leadership in a Christian organization that are the ones with uncontrolled tempers and what are sometimes called anger management issues. I have been around long enough to observe that a major point of emphasis with many otherwise successful leaders, gifted leaders, a common blind spot is their anger. As a pastor, one of the practices we keep is to counsel people within the church. And as any pastor knows, one of the most common emotions we deal with is anger. It comes in various shapes, forms, and sizes. Because of our tendency as believers to spiritualize how we feel, there is a thread of anger running through Christian communities that is very passive-aggressive. Basically, what I mean is that passive is avoiding dealing with how we feel directly and by openly talking about it. So someone asks, how are you feeling about this? And the angry person puts on a smile and says, just fine, no hard feelings. I prayed about it all and I'm going to forgive that person. Well, that's a very passive response. Everything sounds great. But then there is aggression sometime later. This same person who says all is well and there is forgiveness exercises a kind of payback somewhere down the line. It could come in the form of gossip or seeing to it that so-and-so is removed from the church's or organization's leadership, or an ongoing chill envelops the relationship that was supposedly just fine. In one church I was a part of, there would be Christians that sat on one side of the sanctuary and Christians that sat on the other side because they did not like each other. But if you were to confront either side, you would hear how everything was just fine and dandy. The spiritualization of raw emotion and a passive-aggressive way to handle it all was poisonous. So as a pastor, as a spiritual leader... As a fellow Christian, it is our responsibility to walk alongside the angry persons and to help them deal with this most insidious of emotions. Unresolved anger cannot go unresolved if we are to be the people that Christ calls us to be. Now, the good news on all of this is that the Bible is outspoken on anger and how to deal with it, both as individual believers and as communities or groups of Christians. The Word of God recognizes anger, introduces us to people who have anger, like Cain and Moses and Balaam, like Saul and Jonah and Peter. And the Bible teaches us how to overcome our anger and to do so in godly ways. The Bible also speaks to anger in the society and in the culture. Read the book of Proverbs, for example. So that if you listen to God is and you are not a Christian, there will, as always, be wisdom here for you. As we prepare to meet Cain and read about how angry he was, let me ask a question. Do you struggle with anger? Are you an angry person? What makes you so mad, irritable? I invite all of us to be open-minded about what God will say to us through Genesis 4 and these upcoming verses. I have had to deal with anger in my life, and I will say more about this. 
What about you? Can I encourage you to think critically about this and to come with me to the Lord and ask him to help us with unresolved anger within ourselves, or perhaps unresolved anger in relationship to others? Let's see what God says to us when you join us tomorrow for God Is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org. That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org. Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.